That was really fun, to be fair. It was, it was. It was the threat of being knifed in a graffiti-laden alleyway. That, that was, uh, oh, kept me on my toes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, we're talking about the importance of purpose. Andy, it feels ages since we've done this. It's been a long time, but we're back. Well, I've been here the whole time, but yeah. I've been away gallivanting. No, I've been away working. And we're doing it under pressures today as well. Being filmed. Yeah. I know. Right, breathe in. Oh, you meant to hide my belly. I was just... That's all about me as well. I was doing some Wim Hof. Do that every morning now. Your breath work. Yeah, it takes about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so the cold shower thing, obviously that didn't work for me. It just gave me like a bad chest infection. Um, but the Wim Hof breathing, yeah, do that every morning um, just before my journey. Like the belly breathing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like um, in for 30 and breathe out quickly through your nose, and then you hold your breath as long as you can. So the longest I've done is 2 minutes 25, which isn't too bad, holding your breath. You held your breath for 2 minutes 25? Yeah. So what? you do this three rounds of breathing, and then on the third lot, well, you hold your breath after each of the three, but on the third one, I time it to see how long. And yeah, I've done 2, 2.20, 2.30, I think. Not bad, is it? That's, that's fair game. Yeah, it's all right. So, yeah. Anyway. So, so what's the purpose of that? Yeah, no see, idea. See I did that? Yeah, yeah, purpose, like it, good segue. Yeah, no idea. Someone told me it was good. No, it really helps me um, calm and focus, because a lot of people talk about meditation, but I'm, I'm not sure they know what it is and what the benefit is and why they're doing it. And I realised I was sort of meditating like everyone else was, um, but I just kept thinking about, oh, did I, did I fill the car up? How much petrol have I got? Oh, I can hear one of the kids kicking off downstairs. So it wasn't really proper meditation. So I'm trying to do sort of breath work where all I focus on is the breath work rather than my mind being distracted by... I do that. wonder what Joel's going to wear today. Is he going to wear the co-break top? Because if he is, I'll wear the stay hungry top. Is he wearing that feathering? <laughs> I pity the fool who wears the feather. No, you definitely can't say that. There's that's, an edit. That's my oh, Mr. T impression. Oh, and, and you're black with a mohawk. No, I can't even do an impression of Mr. T now. Or are you half Indian, half Welsh? <laughs> Tell us about your feather, because there's a story behind it, isn't there? Yeah. Joel, for everyone who's who's not watching this on something, somewhere, is wearing a, a big silver feather. Yeah, so uh, probably not a necklace wearer would be would be um, a way to describe it. But uh, so we have quarterly goals as a business, and and on my side of the, well, on both sides of the business, they're always lofty. They're always hard. And to be quite honest, we very rarely hit our targets, which sounds awful, but there's method to our madness. And I promised myself two and a half years ago that if I hit my target, I'd get a piece of Thomas Sabo jewellery as like a... Who's he then? Just a bit like a gothic, kind of rocky jeweller. So I'm a bit, oh, okay. a bit different. And like a lot of the stuff he does like is Jeffrey like... Jeffrey West? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the stuff he does is like skulls and stuff like that. And like a bit piratey, gothic, daggers... And um, so I promised myself I'd get a piece of Thomas Sabo jewellery. Anyway, it's taken two and a half years to hit that goal. And when I did, I'd kind of like lost the feeling about it. It was like, oh, well, I've done it now. We're quite bad at celebrating goals anyway, aren't we? Which we talked about on another pod, I think. And then Hannah said, oh, you've hit that goal. You should get the necklace you've been looking at. And, and I was like, well, it's a lot of money and... What's the feather thing? What's what's the, so the Hannah loves owls. Like her favourite animal is owls, and Hannah's my wife. For for anyone who's listening to this for the first time, um, I hope George isn't listening. She she loves owls. She's always loved George owls. George is Joel's dog, by the way. She um, she's worked with owls in the past. Uh, we have owl feathers in our house, 
Um, she has some owl feather earrings that I bought. They're also Thomas Sabo. Um, and so this is kind of like when I look down or just grab it, it sort of keeps me grounded close to home. Just meant to be a nice piece, something a bit different. And, and, and to be quite frank, to be honest, it's a little bit out there. Like if we went to an event, like when I first wore it, you probably didn't see anyone, any other blokes wearing a statement piece of jewellery. I saw a few women. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Right, okay. But I don't think that's a, a bad thing. And a few people said, oh, where'd you get your necklace? And it, and it sparked conversation. And so oh, I didn't realise you were gay. But <laughs> no. Um, no, no, I took my earring out. <laughs> no. Um, so people, people have noticed and commented that. Yeah. That's, well, that's good. good yeah, yeah. And, and it is a bit divisive, and I'm still not, like, comfortable in my own skin in it yet. But it's that whole, like, I'm a little bit alternative. You know, I still dress like a 15-year-old skateboarder. I'm cool with that. If people are going to pick me up on a feather necklace. I want to get one now. It is, it is pretty cool. Yeah, so it, it, that, that's the purpose of it, really. What are you going to buy a reminder. when you hit the next target? I've got a list. Not more jewellery, though, because then I really will have to do my mystery. There is a ring. There is a ring on the list. Oh, okay. But that is a bloody statement piece. Well, like a big, like what are those sort of almost like those navy rings? Yeah, the not, not a massive. sovereign ring, but yeah, in that ballpark. And none of it's particularly, like, none of it's really expensive. None of it's, like, particularly material. You know, most people don't know Thomas Sabo is. It's not, it's not about me having impressive shiny things it's about having stuff that i can look at and be like look how far i've come and sometimes and and you're the same with this we're we're really hard on ourselves and there's very little reward for success because the people that ultimately do well out of our success are our families and our staff and our clients and you have to kind of trouble is though for me I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Sometimes that's enough for me. When I say, for example, if I see my kids and wife happy, I'm happy because they're happy. So, you know, sometimes when you have like a quarterly meeting with the team, you say, right, write down your top 20 wins. I've noticed sometimes, and it's mainly me and you, some of our wins aren't our own wins. They're wins that other people have achieved, but we're deriving happiness from that. Which is brilliant, So you were right? happy that I'd done the fan dance, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you remembered that. That's yeah, nice. no, I remember that. Yeah, that, that was... That's my, so that was quarter two, wasn't it? That, I, obviously I went to America quarter two and you did the fan dance. They were my two big things in that quarter. And, and that's been something that I've had to learn in life is you can derive so much happiness from other people's success. Which is a purpose. Yeah, yeah. You think, because yeah, this is what supposed, the whole podcast episode is supposed to be about, purpose. And so much in life and in business is about purpose, to know what you're doing and why. So you're doing it, you know, to, to look after Hannah, you're doing it to look after Emma, pride for the kids, um, and, and a sense of being in service and obviously getting financially rewarded for doing so. So I guess our mantra is to help people and have fun, and we want to help our clients and have, help them have more fun as well. Which spreads our, our sort of purpose. Yeah, and it's, and it's win-win. But I think you're right. I think sometimes to... Sometimes you do need to be a bit selfish and, to, you know, you provide for your, your family, whatever. But you need to think, well, I want this win for myself. And I totally appreciate, you know, every time you'll look at that, it takes you back to that good place. Yeah. Well, I'll give you another example. Um, this will seem silly, but we've lived in our house we're in now for 14 months and the dishwasher's never worked. 
now, yeah, where is me? So like, many jokes. So many jokes. The Ukrainian refugees have got nothing on me. I get it. But we've had a good few months. I was like, Sonic, I'm going to get a really good dishwasher. I mean, now I've got a dishwasher that literally speaks to me. It, you know, it knows what's in it. More jokes. <laughs> it, you know, it, it, really? it knows what's in it in terms of whether it's plates, glassware, or like it's mental. Shit. But I'm not, I do like gadgets, don't get me wrong. If, if, if there's ever is there a, an app so you can set it to come on before you come? Of course there is. I knew there'd be an app. And it's connected to Alexa. It's sometimes having a broken dishwasher or or a block sink or a block gutter or, I don't know, birds in your roof or something, and you're just not doing anything about it, can really put you in the wrong headspace for serving your purpose. And I and I just got fed up one day and said to Hannah, look, we've had the engineers out to the old dishwasher three times because it was still under warranty from the old owners. I can't stick this anymore. It's just stupid. We're losing, like, days of our life to a fucking dishwasher. Let's sort it out. And it's almost put- worse than electric blanket breaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, ir- the irony of, like, we haven't put the central heating on yet, but I've just... Spunk 600 quid on a dishwasher. <laughs> we're, we're sat here freezing, wearing balaclavas, but the but dishes are clean. The plates are clean, yeah. yeah. Uh, purpose, mad. Don't think I knew anything about purpose. I started up in business. I just wanted to... Um, I, I didn't want to work for anyone else. Hated being told what to do. And I wanted to earn money. That was it. There was nothing about purpose. It was, it was about money. It was more about what I didn't want. Yeah, and yeah. I just didn't want some prick Bossing telling me... Yeah, so, so the last draw for me in employed life was when uh, Emma wasn't well and I had just had to go out of the office to, to take a phone call to speak to her. And it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. And, and like, without going into detail, properly not well. Yeah, properly not well. And uh, my boss came out, Sarah. So I pointed at her watch, Andy, personal call, work time. And that was it for me. So I owe Sarah a lot. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, basically. basically. And, and that was it. Um, so it was more a case getting into business because I didn't want to work for someone else. But... If I'd known about the importance of having a purpose to know your why, um, the values that drive you, probably could have saved myself quite a lot of pain. Although I've learned a lot along the way. If I'd known this at the beginning, to, to nail down why am I doing this? What's the purpose behind these decisions? I think uh, it w- things would have been a bit more steady rather than yeah, yeah, peaks yeah. and chops. And I, I came into it exactly the same way. So I think we both come from backgrounds where it would be fair to say, people like you don't do this sort of thing. Like, culturally, there would have been expectations on you to be a doctor or an accountant. Well, that's just racist. <laughs> yeah, but also true. Pharmacist, a failed doctor. They're, IT. They're genu- Did you say IT then? There genuinely was those pressures on you, though, because you've told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad was relieved in the end, though. He was disappointed at the time when I told her I wasn't going to medicine. But when medicine or being a GP started changing the, the hours, the the comebacks, the, the extra pressure, especially being a junior doctor. He was quite glad I went into media. Really? That's good. So like, I, I was always under pressure to learn a trade because you learn a trade, you made, and it's true, you learn a trade, you are made for life yeah. if you're good at it. But that was kind of the only outlet from, you know, agriculture, tr- learn a trade or graft. There was, there was and um, so yeah, People like you aren't meant to do this. That was enough motivation for me. That was my original purpose. Well, I'll fucking show you. Watch this. And then when I was at university, one of the lecturers said to me, and I think now, he's passed away now, and I really got on well with this lecturer, and I think he must have done it on purpose, but I didn't realise at the time. He, he said to me, you'll never make it in this industry. Oh, uh, really? 
And when he said it to me at the time, I was like, surely you can't believe that because I'm doing well at university. I don't know why you say that to me. And he's, I bet you said that to all the lectures, didn't you? I don't think I missed one, yeah. I think I'd actually tell a lie. I missed one to go to court. There's a story. <laughs> uh, Do I want to know? Not for me. <laughs> oh. As a witness. Um, a weird thing for a lecture city, but I guess he thought there's another three or four percent in this lad. And, I, and, and I've tried encouraging him. I've tried the pat on the back. I'm going to tell him he's not, he can't do it. And I remember for about five years when, when I first got going as a graphic design business, so my first sort of steps in marketing on my own, I was like, fuck you, Bill. Watch this. Well, you know, that's how, that's how me and Hannah get you to do stuff. Tell you can't do it. Yeah, well, I know you do it that, all the time. That, that's how Emma gets me to do stuff. Or you'll never be able to pull that shelf up, Andy. Or it's way too awkward. And and seven months later, I put it up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe eight. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, now the issue is stopping me doing stuff because I just want to do everything. Oh, don't, don't. I was chatting to Ryan about that this morning. That's the curse of many business owners, isn't it? You just want to do everything. I want to go down every rabbit hole. I have to know everything about the business, about every aspect of the business. But then... When you've got a big team, maybe you can afford to go down that. I mean, I'm still reeling from the idea that you're organising the Christmas party. Yes. We'll go fucking somewhere decent this time, not drive to fucking Brixton or whatever it was. Oh, not yeah, we're Brixton. Not doing that. We're not doing that What was that, that place again. in Birmingham? That was really fun, to be fair. No, it was. It was. It was the threat of being knifed in a graffiti-laden alleyway. That, that was... Uh, oh, kept me on my toes. Brilliant. The sheltered life of Andy Rao, if you want. Oh, well, what's that area of Birmingham? Yeah, it's Digworth. It's all that's gen quite trend, gentrified. Isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like so when shabby I, chic. So when I used to live in Peckham, they used to say that was shabby chic and up and coming. It was like, well, fuck me, I've been here 10 years now. Where's it going? Yeah. I get it, I get it. No, I, I imagine this year's Christmas do will be local. So you got to promise me you are not going to get involved at all. I, I just don't care. As long, I'll choose a date that I know everyone can make I know, and I'll I sort know it all the, out. The main issue will be if it's shit, I'll never let you live it down. I can cope with that, because I give you lots of shit about last year's Christmas party. Which I didn't organise. Well, you sort of delegated to Harriet and then got involved. Was it Harriet? I didn't organise it, honestly. I never touched it. Who chose the venue then? Harriet and, and Caitlin. Fucking hell, right. Okay, well, rest assured, I'm sorting it. I mean, the main here. issue was that our entire team were off their faces, and me and you were like, where's everyone gone? <laughs> and I was worried about what state the car would be in when we came back. We parked it in this car park. I was like... Fucking hell, ours is the only car that's not on bricks. Will it be okay? Um, but it, it was, but no, it was, it was fun. It's good to do something different. But this year, we'll just go somewhere a bit more local and we'll just go and have fun. Um, and they'll probably just get shit-faced again. And maybe there'll be a turkey involved somewhere. That was a good Christmas party when it went to, was it Darwin's Kitchen? We had like the roast lunch, roast dinner with everyone. Got pissed. We did it twice, though, and the second time it wasn't as good. Yeah, so 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 there you've heard firsthand. Joel even now still struggles to let go, and good. that is it. It is hard, but you go down those rabbit holes. Now, if you go down a rabbit hole and you're on purpose, you know why you're doing what. You, fair enough. But when you're going down a rabbit hole and you don't know whether you should be or not, then you have to stop and think. Right, why? Why am I doing this? And if in every almost like every business decision, marketing decision, sales decision, to stop and say why? I want to launch a podcast. Okay, why? Oh, I don't know, because I want more inquiries. Okay, there may be a better, cheaper, faster way to get more inquiries. Yeah, we, I mean, we've got loads of things going on at the moment where we go down rabbit holes. We've got a whole other business on the back burner. The, a few days later, that's already. 
haven't said anything yet, but okay. it's been noted. But I think probably behind closed doors, the discussion with me and you is we've got enough shit to focus on, which is probably why you're not getting too full on with them about missing a few deadlines on that. But it's that whole like, you know, there was an app that we recently signed up to that I very nearly went down the rabbit hole on, stopped ourselves. There's been... How many coaching programs at the coach, moment? I mean, yeah, I've got coaching programs coming out of my ears. There's, you could just sign up for so much. I mean, we've had about three conversations today where I thought, oh, that sounds like a bit of me. <laughs> it's like... But what did somebody said to us? Was it one of your coaches said that there's never been more people who needed more help? And that's why perhaps you're seeing like coaches ever, I don't know. Yeah, but... yeah. Like one of my mentors has got 10 mentors. So I don't, I don't think there's any, if you can afford it and you can afford the time, you know, I'm sure the most successful people in the world have lots of mentors. You never trust a coach who doesn't have a coach. What I'm saying is you've got to stay on purpose. And so let's say that app that we were looking at, I won't go into what it was, but we were thinking Tinder. of... Grinder, <laughs> which is no, which we, is... Grinder's the one for homosexuals, Tinder's the one for everyone. What's the one the kids were talking about the other day? The kids? Well, kids, sorry, the, the younger members of Be staff. real. No, no, a dating one. Oh, I don't know. Bumble. Bumble. Bumble Never heard yeah, of that's it. That's the female-led one, yeah. Oh, I, I, I no idea. idea. That's the one that somebody's oh, mum was my friends have met on Bumble. Really? Yeah. And let me guess, it's spelt wrong. It'll be Bumble without an E or something, no? Is that an issue? Well, it's not an issue. It's just a grammatical error, but that's all right. You don't like branding. Tinder, that doesn't have a, an E, does it? I think it does. Grinder doesn't have an E. Uh, maybe it's Grinder I'm thinking of. This is a weird conversation. Yeah, I know. I've forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, the app. The app we were looking at. So it would have been another lead magnet in our business, right? Yes. But we've got successful lead magnets in our business. Yes, just bored. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. The like, cur another curse, curse of being an entrepreneur. Magpie I'm bored of that now. Yeah, shiny, shiny object syndrome. I saw a quote by you the other day. One of the team must have put it on uh, on a story or something. And it was about, you're doing a form of marketing, you test and measure. If it works, get new customers. Carry on fucking doing it until it stops getting new customers. Whereas a lot of, yeah, we, you know, named after a, a dear former client of ours called Mark. He had terrible shiny syndrome. So he used to call him Magpie Mark, didn't he? And every new thing, he'd be like, oh, I've seen this. I've seen TikToks launch. Oh, I've seen, they're doing this on LinkedIn. Oh, I've seen this on Facebook. Can we do that? And it's just like, right, no, what we're doing is working. Let's just focus on that. Test and measure other stuff, but you can't just, you, you end up so diluted. I think so many business owners, maybe uh, their potential customers don't realize what their actual message and benefit their benefits are because they're they're marketing so diluted across 200 looking channels if if you asked mark what his purpose was he wouldn't have been able to tell you no i i, I know what it was to make for more fucking money by hook or by crook which is ultimately and, and to be a big fish in a little well, pond. i think he's lucky not to be in prison yeah and and exactly and to be a big fish in a little pond which is why shiny object syndrome got him um yeah so 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 if I said to him, if we go back when he was still trading and say, right, what's your purpose? I wonder if he would have said to make as much fucking money as possible. To help people communicate across the world. Mm, that would be nice. I mean, he sold mobile phones, so that's why I said that. But anyway, maybe a lot of people's purpose is, I just, I just want to make fucking money. And I think I can make more money for myself than I can being employed. Well, that's a purpose. What would you say if it was someone's sole purpose? I think they'd be lying to themselves. I think they'd be in trouble. Yeah, if your sole purpose is to make money, the problem is when you make it, you just want to make more of How it. How much money? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Where monetary value is a little bit subjective as well, because, like, let's say we're in 
the top 50% in the UK now. If we moved to Vietnam, we'd be in the top 2%. So we'd be very wealthy in Vietnam. It It's not... It's like wealth and richness is a lot more than financial. So if, you, if you've if you got food on the table, a roof over your head, um, and you've got a bit of spare change in the bank, you're in the top 8% of the world. Yeah. How mad's that? Whereas most people out there crying because they've only got the iPhone 13, not the 14. Yeah, and, and there are countries where opportunity doesn't exist. There are countries where you can work smart and hard your entire life and have no more when you die than you did when you were born. We're very fortunate to live somewhere where that isn't the case. And so I think if your only purpose is to make more and more money, if that's true, it's it's really sad. Because there must be something more. Like, like I think for me, kind of the, the help people and have fun is the ultimate purpose because that's the way I have impact on society. That's the way I have impact on the world. It's like when, when I go to bed at night and someone's doubled their turnover or got 5,000 more leads that year because of something we've done, that's cool. And we've had fun doing it. Uh, yeah, and we've had fun doing it. So how would, how would if someone said to you, well, okay, Joel, how, how did you come up with your purpose? Because we market our purpose, you know, our vision seed, our purpose, our values, they're all on our website. So we do use it to, because, I mean, especially our values, we've got eight values. Because we don't want to work with dickheads. Well, yeah, so someone's values don't lie with ours. That's, that's fair enough, but they won't get in touch with us. So brilliant, save us some time. Yeah, yeah. And if someone's pretending to line up with those values, we find out very quickly. Yeah, if anyone listening is struggling with recruitment, make sure you have your values nailed down because it makes that recruitment process so much easier about who to say no and to. And really interesting one, first interview, if the candidate says, so what are your company values? They failed the interview because they should have figured that out beforehand. Uh, I've had that a couple of times. It's true. If it's front and centre on your website, they haven't come ready loaded with that. They're not doing their research. So how, so right, Joel, how, um, how help, me, help me identify my purpose? How, how do I? So for me, and I think for you to an extent, an error we made a lot in business and continue to make to an extent is going above and beyond for people that don't deserve it. And it's because we have an innate urge to help people. Like, People can tell me a sob story and, and I will struggle to like not believe it. I'll really want to help. And I, I think I've used the example on the podcast before of the kitchen designer who told me he got no money, could I please help? And then drove past me in a brand new sports car. And I was like, yeah, I've been done here. <laughs> um, but that feeling, that, that urge to help people is never going to leave me and I don't think it's ever going to leave you. So it became our purpose. But it isn't fun helping people who don't deserve it. So would we say our purpose is to help people and have fun? Getting into the nuts and bolts of that, that's helping the right people. It's helping the people whose values align with ours because we can't help everyone. And that's where it wouldn't be fun. So that and have fun is really important because it's fun when you help people who are on the same sort of um, moral pathway as you. Like we've got some clients now who are doing some awesome things and they're they're... It's like having loads of new friends. Like when you talk to them, sometimes you're like, bloody Nora, I get on really well with you. And it's because they share the same values. They're, you know, they're into the same things. And that's a really cool thing to get out of bed for every day. And do you think it makes things easier, and clear, especially if you've got a team, I suppose. If you've got a team to make sure you're all singing off the same hymn sheet. So this is our, 
our vision, our purpose, the values that we stand by. And you're almost like on the bus or off it, which I know we've talked about before. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's been so important to our business to, to the point, if I'm really honest and they may or may not listen to the podcast, but we've known former employees didn't line up with our values and that's been really hard. Hard how? Well, because they're good people and they, they line up with some of our values and they have good work ethic and maybe they're technically good at their jobs. But let's say you can't stay hungry or uh, you can't I was the next one, I was say you can't own your shit. They're two really important values. Well, all eight of our values are really important. And if you can't if you don't share those values, the cracks start to appear. And we're getting better at noticing that early. And sometimes it can be solved. But we both brought employees into Codebreak from our previous businesses who, as you and I developed as people and brought our value and our mission and our purpose together, they didn't want anything to do with that. That's too much for them. Yeah, and that own your shit, that's, I'd say, one of our most important values because so many people, they just don't want that responsibility. They want, you know, without going all Uncle Ben, they want the power, but they don't want the responsibility. What's that got to do with rice? The other Uncle Ben. <laughs> and and they just want to be all Teflon. Oh, it's not my fault. Oh, it's the app. Oh, oh, it's the internet. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's him. Oh, it's her. It's like, no, no, you, you've got to own your shit. Because that responsibility is a scary thing. But it's it's always like having, as we talk about often, that one foot outside of your comfort zone. Uh, yeah. Which for some people isn't isn't going to be suitable. And that, that's fine. But you probably won't thrive at Cobra. And you might not thrive at other companies either. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, listen to a podcast by The Rock this morning. And uh, he was talking about... Which podcast was he on? I, I've got a playlist called the Daily Motivation Playlist, and it plays speeches by famous people with motivational music as the backing. Oh, cool. So by the time you sort of get off the dog walk, you're like ready to run How through a How long was this rock one? About 27 minutes. Oh, cool. Um, so he was talking about how there can be no excuses. Right. And so there's loads of people out there that will blame the dollar. They'll blame recessions they'll blame covid they'll blame um the movie industry is on pause they'll blame american football aren't going to draft as many players this year they'll blame oh i got injured just before the royal rumble yada yada you know in the rocks context and he was like all of those things are true if you let them be but you're not taking accountability for what else could you do and he was saying well what like the question to ask is what else so I'm injured, so I'm not going to be able to be at WrestleMania. What else can I do? And so then he would find a film role, or he'd produce a film, or he would make a um, microphone appearance. And then it's like, right, the whole world's in recession. What else is there? Well, the last time we had a recession, more millionaires were made than ever before. So they must have done something different to everyone else. What did they do? I'm going to go study that. And then he went and looked at the Facebooks, the Googles, um, the Twitters, all these businesses that rose out of the last recession to dominate and looked at the patterns of behavior that they did. And they basically just ignored all the warnings and cracked on and, and on it went. And it, it was all about accountability and saying, look, your staff might be shit or cash flow might be really bad or 
the weather could be terrible or it's it's a snow day and you sell ice creams what else can you do and he won't do very well on linkedin then will he oh they don't like those kind of posts lots of linkediners what do you mean do you mean i've got to take responsibility Fucking hell. i just come in here for a moan and a bitch and everyone like says oh it's okay hun you'll be okay yeah i saw something today about someone who wanted to post some post about their vulnerability and they were bullied at school because of their acne and they're a dietitian now so they they figured out how to adjust their diet to control their acne but what they hadn't grasped is a vulnerability post is effective when it shows the journey from the place of vulnerability to how you've become resilient. And there's just loads of people out there like joining the pity party. Now we've all had hardships, some more than most. Some people are going through incredible hardship right now. But the moment you make that an excuse for a lack of performance in life, whether that's, I don't know, being a good partner to your husband, wife, significant other, being a good parent, being a good employer, being a good business, being looking after yourself, self-development, the moment you let something become an excuse is the moment you start to fail. I wonder why that is. I just want, I kind of feel most people on social media are nice. So if you're having trouble and you want to, for whatever reason, vent on social media and like say with no purpose or outcome, you're just saying how sad you are and stuff. Most people, again, because they're nice, they're going to say, oh, it's okay, don't worry, you got this, all that kind of stuff, which is lovely, but it still has no effect on the outcome. It might make you feel a bit better temporarily, but it isn't going to solve your situation. And you mo you complaining or explaining what's going on, you're not helping anyone either. So it's always, it was always like cyclical self-feeding. That Oh, yeah, yeah. look, she, she's done that post about she was bullied at school and she's got loads of engagement. Oh, I'll do the same then. And before you know it, that platform is just proliferated with posts that have, have no context or value yeah. to other people. Well, and it's that whole like clickbait thing of like, woe is me, where usually accompanied by some degree of nakedness I've noticed on LinkedIn now. Fair, yeah, I like those bits. The people who really stand out for me are the ones that have gone through something significant. And, and by significant, I don't mean like, you know, someone they know has been murdered. It could be I had acne at school. It could, it could be something significant like I know someone that's been murdered, but it's how they how they use that as a tool to propel themselves to the next level and what that meant for their resilience, their mindset, their progression. Those people are few and far between. They're on purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I know you're, you're quite big on LinkedIn. We're not supposed to be talking about LinkedIn here. Um, I'm on a bit of a downer at the just moment. Just hate at the moment. Um, yeah. It's just... You know, you're the average of the five people, and we talk about that on our on our webinars. And obviously, that used to be in person, but now it's also the people you hang around with online. Um, and because of the way the the LinkedIn algorithm works, obviously, you don't just see your connections content; you see second, third connections, what they're commenting on. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just for me when I saw the um, a mental health charity posted about Caroline Flack, and still you had some idiots chipping in saying, "Oh, what the." what, the woman who was beating up her boyfriend, blah, blah, you know, and it's like, oh my God. And so I just made the decision, I don't need to see shit like that. So I just don't use the platform that often. But of course, I'm very aware it's a platform for good as well. Like a big thing at Code Break, start with why. Really important value, born out of Simon Sinek's book that we both like. When you're talking about something that serious, so 
I mean, it's a touchy subject, and I'm I'm cautious about what I'm saying here. But Car- obviously, Caroline Flack passed away. Ask yourself why. Look at the the media pressure she was under, the social pressure she was under, and then someone butts in with, "Well, she was beating up her boyfriend." If she was allegedly, well, ask yourself why she was doing that. What the hell was wrong? What kind of spotlight was she under? What kind of mental strain was she under? What was wrong in their lives that that happened? Where had their sense of purpose gone to cause that? Have some fucking empathy. Because if if the best thing you can do to make yourself feel better in a day is jump on someone's feed on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and fire a barb at a dead person you don't fucking look in the mirror i mean maybe that maybe that's what it is it, it's too much sort of false sympathy and not enough empathy putting yourself in other people's shoes because people are scared but it shines a light on them well yes yeah, like it's like when we're coaching clients about um sticking your head above the parapet about being aware that you will attract a few keyboard tough guys and stuff it's about showing our clients how to to let those kind of bullets bounce off you because these people they're they're they don't give a shit about you. As soon as they've made their comment, they'll be on to comment about someone else whilst you you could be sat there having your, your evening ruined. Like, fuck off twat on my ads. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when someone said fuck off twat and, you know, so annoying that twat was spelt wrong, but there we go, we got some good content out of it. Um, letting a stranger into your head, they're, all they're doing is being angry at some shortcoming in their own life. If you're the, I mean, if you are there being an idiot online, maybe you deserve to come under fire. If all you're trying to do is help someone, and someone just wants to have a pop at you. Yeah. If something's upsetting you, you've chosen to let it upset you. That's a... In terms of own your shit, that is the ultimate. Like, when somebody says something truly offensive to you, you're still choosing to let it offend you. That's... I mean, I'm not there yet. There, there's things people could say to me that would offend me. But I'd like to think I'm better than I was a it's, year ago. Well, it's when, when you're on purpose, there's a lot of shit that other people get annoyed about that doesn't even get under your radar because you're focused. You know what you've got to do to make a difference. You know why you're doing it. So let these people argue on LinkedIn or whatever about shit that is, have no, that's not going to serve you, that's not going to have any relevance my, or impact on the people you're trying to help. My struggling with me on that at the moment. That whole, like, why aren't you bothered about the energy crisis? Why aren't you bothered about list trusts? Why aren't you bothered about the fact that the pounds plummeted? Well, ultimately... Yet, in the grand scheme of things, I probably can do something about it. I could go and, you know, march the streets. I could contribute to change. What you need to do is go and comment on Facebook about it. I could do that, but I know I'm not going to. So, therefore, why I can't give any of my energy to that. I've got too much shit to do. It's my mother-in-law. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. How do you not know about this happening in the energy crisis? Well, says, I know there is an energy crisis, but as for the X's and the Y's behind it. No, how can you not know? Because I've got shit to do. I've got, I've got clients to serve. I've got a wife and a family to look after. I can't, there's nothing I can do to control the energy crisis and nothing I can do to control Liz Truss. I can't exactly call Liz up and say, right, what's going on with the pound? So I can fucking focus on what I can control. And, and, and that's something, yeah, my, my family really struggle with. Where like When I say control the controllables. But how can you not get wound up about, because I can't control it. So, why should I invest my energy on that? That means the people that matter to me, who I can have an impact upon, are getting less of my energy, and that's not right. And I think as I'm getting oh, better, at, I, know, I like now. it, I like it. Now I'm getting better at managing my energy and managing my emotion. 
people mistake sometimes that because I'm calm about something, I don't feel passionately about it, and they're wrong. So I do feel passionately about the energy crisis. I think it's fucking disgusting that there's going to be people who work hard that won't be able to keep their children warm at night. That's disgraceful. But I can't allow that to stop me from serving my purpose because then I might just become another moaning myrtle, basically. And most of the people you're talking about, I bet they're not actually doing anything proactive about the situation. I'd like to say, if there was an energy crisis march on Parliament, would they go? No, probably not. They'd sit on their sofa and just tap on Facebook yeah. and, you know, hit like when someone else moans about it. That's, that's not really supporting a cause. That's just sat on your arse being another keyboard tough guy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I struggle with that kind of logic that we all, we're all wound up until it comes to time to vote and then everybody votes like they always have done. But that's really going to be... Or try to justify not bothering voting. Yeah, which I'm actually cool with that. Like, I think, I think if, you complete, if you can explain to me why you're disillusioned with politics, you have a right not to vote. But if you just can't be bothered to vote, then don't fucking moan to me about the energy crisis. So, so much we talked about, it just has to do with purpose. It has to do with energy. You know, we always talk about it a lot, don't we? Because you've got this, you've got this fixed amount of energy and it's up to you to decide who and what gets it. And so if you know your purpose, you know where that energy should go. And as we always say, where your attention goes, your energy flows. So if you're giving attention to the pity party on LinkedIn, the energy crisis rants on Facebook, well, guess what? Like you say, you're not going to be serving the people you should be serving and getting rewarded for doing so. And I think... You know, certainly with our purpose, help people and have fun. There's an awful lot of people that get pulled into the pity party or pulled into these kind of social media back and forth. So, you know, people I love and care about, I see get pulled into these things. And actually, if I'm serving my purpose properly, part of my purpose is to pull them out of it, is to be like, oh, you know, a really shit example, but let's say someone's on Facebook, you know, Facebook ads never fucking work for me. Part of my purpose is to show that person that they should. Or if they're like, oh, the energy crisis isn't it terrible. How's my business going to survive next year? Well, part of my purpose is to show you that your business can thrive next year, not just survive. And if I'm not doing that, I'm letting myself down. And I've got to like the point now where like some of my friends are like, where have you been? Like you haven't, we haven't seen you for ages or you don't go on PlayStation anymore. Or I'm like, well... You're not in. You're not commenting fifty times a night in the WhatsApp group. Oh, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> WhatsApp groups, fucking hell. That's yeah. Uh, the the waste of many an evening now. Do your Do your village have a WhatsApp group or your street or something? They have a Facebook group, but I, that's on mute. Was it the last place you lived where it'd be like, who's noticed the metro driving at twenty through the ten mile an hour zone tonight? It's like yeah, fucking yeah. hell. It's, but now, like, I'm really purposeful about some of my WhatsApp groups. So, like, I'm quite lucky that. We've made friends with some pretty cool business owners. And I've gone like, right, I'm going to put these three people in a group chat and see what happens. Right, okay. And, and like, we've, I've got one group called Power Team, which is three business owners that we know who are really cool. And uh, Yeah, I must have got the invite to that one. Yeah, you're not in the Power Team. Um, Fucking cool, though, aren't they? Yeah, but like... Just because I've got a big feather. feather. Like, they're like, oh, should we get together? Should we brainstorm? Should we see how far we can push each other's businesses? That gets me going when someone messages me saying have you seen this on tiktok I, like unless this is like a hedgehog doing a roly-poly 
fuck off. Or anything involving Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what my TikTok is now. It's just stunners. <laughs> it's just Steve Austin stunning McMahon again. The Dudley boys putting someone through a table. Yeah. Um, the Rock entrance, Triple H coming back. That's pretty much it. So TikTok, that, you know, I hate it with a passion. Still, I don't spend much time on it at all. Once the algorithm gets to know you, fucking hell, it's, it's, it's dangerous. So, you know, when we met up with Stephen and he said how he can start looking at TikTok and that'll be an hour gone. And me and you were like going, what, what? We look at TikTok, we're just getting all this shit, people rapping. But then after a while, you're like, oh, it's notice I like wrestling. So I decided like- to like deliberately train my TikTok to make it more on purpose, which is a real, like, that's a level of sadness there. But so I'll deliberately search David Goggins and then I'll like, deliberately search Gary Vaynerchuk because I'm trying to teach the algorithm to show me what I want to see. And then my downtime becomes productive because it's showing me, like when I just want to procrastinate and watch clips, it's showing me stuff that's actually useful. Do you know, I just thought what we need to do. I know you just order a load of new Stay Hungry merch. Code rate 316. Oh, fucking hell. Genius. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Have they trading like that? Well, not not so much trademarks. He's nicked that straight from the Bible. I mean, I'm not sure it's a good idea if someone else had it first. Why not? Someone had to stay hungry first. Well, no, the stay hungry, stay foolish is a saying, isn't it? Well, Steve Jobs here. Yeah. Well, it was before Steve Jobs. He just people associated him to his Stanford address, and then and, and then Anthony Joshua. Anyone, said, anyone, stay, anyone, hungry, stay humble. No, no, forget Anthony. Anyone, anyone listening, stay hungry is ours. Yeah, exactly. All you have to do is just write TMR. I think Code Break Three Sixteen is taking the piss. That's what I'm saying. Round Three Sixteen. Yeah, you can have that. It's your birthday suit. Now, I don't know if you go and Google it on the interweb that you'll find this picture, but the best picture ever is Joel with a shaven head and denim shorts and an Austin 316 t-shirt. He literally, he's like an older version of Stone Cold Steve I'm Austin. I'm dedicated to Halloween. I've even got the, like, before he had his own beer, I've even got the old school Budweiser cans in that picture. And the knee brace. Bloody hell. It was an expensive Halloween at university. Is that university? Oh, yeah. I know, I look about 50 in that picture. Notice I'm not denying that. That's right. Right, what are we talking about? Purpose. Purpose. What was my purpose for doing that? Because nobody else would go to that extreme and I won the Halloween party. Did you? What'd you win? I don't know. There was like only three people dressed up. So basically what we take away from this episode, uh, apart from Joel Stone can be an awesome, uh, like, a, like a mini Austin 316, and we're going to get Kobe 316 t-shirts. When you're on purpose, when you know what your purpose is, your values, why you do what you do, who you're serving a lot of decisions, especially the decisions where the right answer is to say no, those decisions become a lot easier, which saves you time and saves you energy to focus on what really matters, serving your community. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs>